A very oh man, this is uh, I sound be. so funny. We're both gonna sound like okay. shit today. <clears throat> A very special thanks to our $5 fans, Sean Bonner, <laughs> Stephen Fox, Andrew Anker, Not gonna make Max it. Beattie, Not gonna make it. Barry Walsh, Carl Delson, nope. James Newton, Never gonna make it. Brendan Adkins, Amber Costley, oh. Jared May, it's breaking. Dan Liu, She's breaking. Don Doyle. <laughs> Jerry Cabra and Colin Rainey. I just don't have it. I don't have it. Do you have a cold? Yeah. So we both have colds. Yeah, you probably gave it to me. I probably did. I couldn't even come in to record yesterday. So we both sound like shit. Yeah. That was a pretty good try. I couldn't have done that. I don't think you could even do that in good health, Mike. Uh, well, so, that's true. Yeah. This is like the like National Virus Month. Oh, yeah. I always get a cold during SF Sketch Fest. Like, just every time. It sucks. Do you go to any of that? Well, I usually do, but not this year because I've been so sick. Also, you have a new roommate. I do have a new roommate. Did you name her yet? Oh, yeah. The detective. What'd you name her? Detective Blueberry. Detective Blueberry. Yeah. The cat. Yeah. Detective Blueberry the cat. With an Instagram account. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. It's 2015, Mike. I'm not... I'm not judging. I mean, you have... uh, Your dog has an Instagram account. Does he? Yeah. I don't know that. Like at Montero or at That's Mike Montero? Me. It's your That's... dogs. And at Mule Girl. That one also. He, your dog has two Instagram accounts. Okay. Yeah. Your kid has a blog. What about that? That's my like kid... my cat having an Instagram. No. Ha, no. <sighs> I'm, my voice is too messed up to, to yell. Oh, no. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I've got so much to do right now, Mike. What are you doing, Jesse? Nothing. No, I mean, I'm trying to do things. I'm trying to write a talk. What for? uh, For NS Conference in the UK. What is that? It's like a small uh, Mac developer conference in in Leicester. I think that's how you pronounce it. British towns, like, have, like, a million uh, letters in them. And you don't pronounce, like, half of them. Yeah. So, Lester, I think, but it's like it looks way longer than that. Uh, gotta write a talk for that, and uh, gotta gonna, drum up some business. What are you gonna talk about? I have no idea. I have several ideas, and I've I have this problem right now where I think I'm going through a little bit of a grumpy phase because all of my talk ideas revolve around, "Hey, hey, dickheads, stop doing this." What do you want people to stop doing? I think, okay. so Let's I have, work on your talk. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to work on your talk today? All right, that's All good. Right. Well, okay. So I have this really, really vague idea for my talk. Okay. Um, and it's a little bit around uh, what people do in 
design reviews that's bad, but also just like something that people online do a lot. Okay. Which is, and this is going to sound really like sterile, but like uh, evaluating things in a really qualitative way instead of just telling people like what your opinion is. So by that, I mean like saying like, the new Taylor Swift album is terrible instead of being like, I don't like Taylor Swift. (laughs) And, uh, and how... I don't know, that kind of communication I think is weird and inaccurate and insulting and unhelpful to people. Just like how in if you're doing like, I don't know, a design review, like a logo design and somebody's like, I don't like it or or this logo is bad. When a lot of a lot of the times when people are like, that's I don't that's bad. It just means that they don't like it personally and not that. It is not serving its function as a logo. Sure, I mean you got it. So, so you need to separate your subjective feelings about something from the objectives that that thing needs to accomplish. Yeah, separating yourself from it, and also just learning how to like use the right language for what you're even trying to say about it. Because I think that a lot of people use these really big blanket words for for things like that guy's a douchebag. Well, why is he a douchebag? I don't know. Well, maybe he acted insecure this one time, and that's why I'm saying he's a douchebag. It's just, I don't know, words that have a lot of baggage that get thrown at things. I think douchebag is something you feel in the gut, though. Yeah, that was a bad example. Yeah, right. That was a bad example. Uh, I Specifically, one that kind of sparked that for me was, I think somebody said, uh, oh, God, what was it? Not egotistical. Um what is another word that means like full of yourself? Uh, this is good podcasting right this here. This is great podcasting. I'm not being able to think of words. I blame the cold. <clears throat> anyway, I think that when people are able to use uh, more specificity in their critiques of things, it's just helpful for everybody, including themselves. Well, if you critique it according to the goals that something's supposed to accomplish. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Critiquing things according to the goals that something is supposed to accomplish. But also, like, when you're complaining about something, figure out why you don't like it instead of just saying that it's bad. Instead of saying a movie is bad, you know, maybe be like, well, I didn't like the uh, lead character or something like that. Get more specific with it instead of throwing the whole thing away. Let's go back to the Taylor Swift album for a second. Sure. So... The goal of a Taylor Swift album mm-hmm. is to get you to buy a Taylor Swift album. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So how do you accomplish that goal? Well. Like what What would make you want to buy a Taylor Swift album? I did buy the Taylor Swift album. That's fine. Uh, and I, have, was, I have not heard the Taylor Swift album. Yeah. Therefore, I have no opinion on the Taylor Swift album. Um, I bought it after she pulled from Spotify because uh-huh. I thought that was kind of cool, politically okay. speaking. Um, and also, she's got some catchy tunes. She All writes right. catchy tunes. She's a lady. She writes her own music. She seems like a strong businesswoman, good role model. All right. And I like that. But you know, so it's like a com- so it's like a combination of I dig the music plus sister power. Yeah, yeah. All like right. I'm into your thing. Cool. Like I wouldn't call myself like a Taylor Swift fan, but you are. You know, thumbs up Taylor Swift. But there's nothing wrong with being a Taylor Swift. Fan. No, not at all. All right. But then you see people that are like, oh, I can't believe people are listening to this. This is garbage. Well, Taylor's a lot more <clears throat> successful than you are. So, well, 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 wait a minute. Wait, wait, say that part again. 
Which part? So some people say it's garbage. Oh, yeah. And I said, well, Taylor's... How many of those people do you think have heard it? Oh, probably like one of them. And it was probably just like, you know, on the radio in a a safe way or something. I've probably heard a Taylor Swift song. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's be kind of impossible not to. Right, yeah. Probably had no idea. I didn't I didn't have any idea it was a Taylor Swift song. It was just mine. I for all I know, I've hummed along to a Taylor Swift song. Yeah, sure. How do you think Taylor Swift um like at some point she she plays the album whether it's, you know, final versions of songs or songs in progress or mm-hmm. something. She has to play that album for somebody. To get their feedback. Oh, surely. Right? Yeah. How do you think the people who are hearing that, what kind of feedback do you think they're giving her? And and I know that we're like making stuff up. We don't know. Yeah. In our imaginary Taylor Swift uh, recording studio. Right. Well, I imagine that. She's sipping like an iced green tea latte or something. Oh, probably. Yeah. Probably something with just negative calories. Right. Um, I you know, I imagine that the people that get to listen to it before it's released uh, maybe have specific roles. Maybe there are some sound engineers. Maybe there are some assistant songwriters. Maybe there's some producers. So let's, let's subtract like the whole entourage mm-hmm. because they're just going to tell her it's great. Yeah. Let's focus on the people whose livelihood depend on that Taylor Swift album. Mm-hmm. Like the record company people, the yeah. promotional people, yeah. the the concert people, mm-hmm. like they need to know whether they have something that'll sell. Yeah. So is it catchy? Is it going to speak to? I'm, I imagine that her core audience is probably uh, primarily females aged twelve to twenty two. Uh, or <laughs> how old is Clarko? And Clarko. Okay, and Clarko. <laughs> nice, right? Clarko's more of a Katy Perry man. That's fine. Yeah. So they have this mental checklist yeah. of what they would like to hear mm-hmm. or or not what they would like to hear, but whether the thing they're hearing meets their, their criteria. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they may not even be like fully aware of it. They may be they they may they may think that they're having a gut reaction, mm-hmm. but that gut reaction is based on knowing all of this stuff. About you know the the market out there, yeah. and musical trends, and all of this. I read that Malcolm Gladwell book. So it's an educated gut check. Yeah. So they're listening to this new Katie, or I'm sorry, this new Taylor Swift mm-hmm. song, and they're and and they're thinking, oh, this will this will definitely be a big hit on the radio. This song will definitely sell a lot on iTunes or Spotify or something like this. Um. Bet the CD will sell well too, or something like that. Or, you know, this one's a little too set. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that one is a little too, too much for the 12 year olds. You got to keep it clean. So they're taking all of the, all of this like educated reasoning. Yeah. And, and then, and it all, com- I'm, I'm guessing it probably all comes out as I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, I mean, one of the things that I'm I'm working on is, you know, it, interactions with clients, mm-hmm. like how we interact with clients, what we say when we talk to clients, what we want to hear back from them, and how to, 
how to get the right kind of feedback from clients mm -hmm. and what to do with the feedback that we do get. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, what, what we'll hear from a client is, I like it. Mm -hmm. um, too often that's preceded by a designer going, do you like it? <laughs> yeah. Which is the worst thing that yeah. can come out of a designer's mouth. Yeah. So when I hear I like it from a client, first off, I'm relieved mm -hmm. because, you know, even though that's very subjective, that's much better than the other subjective thing that you can hear, which is this sucks. Yeah. Although I also appreciate how clear that message is. Mm -hmm. It's the really worrisome stuff is, uh, I don't know, maybe let me, let me think about it like yeah I don't, yeah that kind of stuff like i feel kind of mad about it yeah now so, uh there's also i mean the times when people uh they don't say that they maybe they're not using the language i like it or i don't like it but they will say something specifically about maybe the 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 shape they're like it's okay but the shape is a little too bubbly or something like right. that so then when i hear something like that it's my job Mm -hmm. to, to you know to investigate yeah what does that like what does that mean yeah so i you know i start asking really targeted questions mm -hmm. and i try you know i'm the guy who has to show up with the goals yeah that they set at the beginning of the project like and, and when i say i'm the guy i mean our role as designers is to be the people who remind them okay when we started this thing we said you know the new site needed to self you know 500,000 pairs of pants a month. Yep. I'm glad you like it. Do you think this site can sell 500,000 pairs of pants a month? Well, that's not what I meant. I just don't like it. Well, I, and then, you know, we, we have to, and if they say, if, if they started with, I like it, then those questions are a lot easier. Yeah. But if they, you know, and if you get the, I don't like it, then you also have to backtrack people mm -hmm. and bring the goals back in. Yeah. And you have to like take deconstruct their I don't like it mm -hmm. and bring them back to the goals and figure out because you know, like the, the guys in, in that room with Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. that gut reaction that we're assuming that they have mm -hmm. is based on a lot of their own experience, a, a lot of experience and education in the field. Yeah. So when, a, when we hear a client say, I don't like it, I'm going to assume that that's also based on education and experience in their field. Yeah. And it's my job to go in and deconstruct that and figure out where that discomfort is coming from yeah. and whether it's reasonable. I find that like no matter how positive or negative or vague or specific it is, I think whatever whatever feedback you get, you should drill down like two to three more levels exactly. from that. Totally. Like if they start out with something really specific, like I even think that like that is, you know, like, do you have a, sorry, I'm just like all over the place right now. Does your wrist ever like itch, but then it, it's actually like your elbow or something? Like, do you ever get that? Am I crazy? What kind of medication are you on? <laughs> no, like sometimes I'll get that where like I have like a weird pain and I'll think it's in one place, but it's actually in another. 
Do you smell toast? This is a this is a cry for help. Okay. If anybody out there is listening, <laughs> you got to get rid of that cat. No, I love it. It's so great. Are you allergic to cats? No. no. All right. No, I grew up with like eighty pets, so I would have known before. But yeah, I, I just I just find that like sometimes even when people give really specific feedback, and this is not because like they're dumb. Or because they don't know what they're talking about or they don't know what they're doing. They just use different sets of words than we right. designers use Absolutely. for things. What one person thinks is geometric, like we could interpretate, like we interpretate, interpretate. what's wrong with me? Interpret that like really, really differently. And also just being in like the design industry, we see so many like trends and are, you know, even if people are not outwardly influenced by like what's trendy now, I think that like that's still influences the work that people do and other people and in, in other industries might not have those same you should uh, assume they influences. don't yeah. you should always assume they don't yeah i mean the the biggest problem with designers that i see is that they you know they stop behaving like the expert that people hired yeah to to do a job yeah they you know so you get hired because you're you're good at something and then you start doing it, you start working on this stuff, and you immediately give away all the power that you have in the relationship. Yeah. And, you know, start asking the client what they want. Yeah. And, you know, what the client wants is to sell more pants. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift just wants to sell some pants. Right. They put it in your hands. You figure out how I can sell more pants. Yeah. So you got to come in and say, hey, I figured it out. This is what's going to help you sell more pants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So back to my my talk, Mike. Okay. (laughs) So I'm just, I have some really vague ideas about like specificity. I think both in um, when other people are telling you what up or when you are trying to tell other people what up. Uh Um, I really hate the word actually that's a terrible word actually i don't know what that's a useless word yeah and so one of my angles was just like don't do that anymore we have we have a list of words you can't say in the office anymore (laughs) what are they it's um it's written on the board i know that at the very top of it is hope Okay. You can't say hope in the office. Because mm-hmm. here's, the, here's the context that it usually comes in. Um, are we showing this to the client today? I, I hope, hope so. so. Or I hope not. What about or, I hope not? Are we, <laughs> or are, are we getting feedback from the client today? I hope so. I hope not. Right. Because you know, that, I mean, when, when you phrase stuff like that, it just, it means that you, you don't believe that you have any control over the situation. Mm-hmm. And you've given away your agency mm-hmm. in making something happen. And you're leaving it up to, you know, stars aligning or some bullshit. Yeah. It's like wish. Yeah. It's like it, making it, it's, a wish. It, you should have, you should have um, every time people say the word hope, you should have them put like a dollar in like the hope jar, the wishing jar. That's a good idea. Yeah. The other word we don't use in the office anymore is approval. Oh, why not? Because we're not dealing with our dad. Isn't that permission? 
<laughs> no, that's. I mean, I want. I want my dad's approval. Oh yeah. When I do something. So or, what do you? What do you say instead? Decision. Oh yeah. That's have good. we made a decision? Mm-hmm. So have we made a decision on this design? Yeah. Have we made a decision on what platform to use? Mm-hmm. That's great. I like that. I and like the, it a lot. And then the client says, yes, we've decided to go with this. Yeah. Fantastic. We will share that Approval decision. Approval does have you. like more of like a personal connotation. Approval implies uh, uh, a top and a bottom, not top and a bottom, but it, it implies. Like I need your acceptance. Yeah. It implies that thing. someone's over you. Yeah. And it's really tricky when you're working with somebody that, but you have to, you have to make sure that you're seen as equals. Yeah, that's great. Because, I mean, they're trusting you with something really important. Mm-hmm. They have to, you have to be seen as equals. That's they have great. to see you as an equal, and you have to behave like an equal. Mm-hmm. And if you're asking for their approval on something, that certainly takes you out of being equals. Yeah, that's true. So you tell them that you need a decision made. That's great. We need to make a decision on this. Do you have any other words? I just can I just use these for my talk? Sure. <laughs> What else do we have on there? You can't say everyone. What? Everyone. We can't you can't say oh. the word everyone in the office. <laughs> I thought you meant like I can't say every word. No, everyone. <laughs> okay. Uh everyone. Why? So there's multiple bad contexts for that. Okay. Everyone will want to use this. Everyone does it this way. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what this thing is. Are you allowed to say nobody then? No, you also can't say nobody. Okay. It's it's lazy. Yeah. It's lazy and it's always false. Those, and that's those words that I'm talking about that are just like the all-encompassing words. Right. Where it's just like that is not actually what you mean. And if it is what you mean, then you're dumb. The I mean, The other reason we can't say the word everyone is because there were too many instances of um everyone's going to this meeting or mm-hmm. everyone's doing this everyone's doing that mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we had like you know 10 people showing up at the table and it's and you know and then i would ask is everyone really necessary for this and at that point people start feeling left out if they're taken off the list Aww. yeah which is really stupid i mean yeah. it's a workplace so i will gladly leave a meeting right yeah so now you have to say, okay, I want Mike and I want Erica and I want Bob. Mm-hmm. Everyone. So it's that's not everyone. So everyone is just lazy. Mm-hmm. And again, no one is the same. Yeah. No one will use this. No one's on Android. Everyone's on iPhones. Yeah. Everyone that matters. Yeah. See what else we got on here. Like, which we already talked about. Like Facebook like or uh, like as in as in. As in, I like this. I don't like this. Oh, okay. I don't care. Favoring. Yeah. I don't I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you like and I don't like. I fancy this. Yeah. Yeah, you can say fancy. Because <laughs> you sound like a pansy when you say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- I think that that's a good rule. Like if you're if you're gonna like something, you have to you have to sound like a little flower. Right. Uh, so you also can't say hate. That's great. Can you? Are there any good replacement words for hate? We should come up with a good one. Well, I mean, we try to talk about things in terms of um, that won't work, mm-hmm. uh, or this will work, or you know, the research doesn't agree with that decision. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Mm-hmm. 
um, it's, you know, it's just more objective. Yeah. What about this supports all of our goals, but I think it looks yucky. And yet it supports all of our goals. Yeah. So here we are. Truth. And, you know, honestly, would you rather have something that supports all of your goals and looks yucky or something that looks pretty and supports none of them? I want something that supports them and is pretty. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a little Sophie's choice. But if you had to pick one of those, what's more important? Yeah, something that function over it's, something that function over form. It's the yes. Craigslist rule. I didn't know what you were talking about, but I get it. You get it? Yeah, of course. I mean, Craigslist is Craigslist. pretty hideous, right? Craigslist looks like when a website doesn't load all of the way because your modem is all effed up. Your modem. You're going to have to explain modem to people. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Yeah. That's what Craigslist looks like to me. Or when my mom picks up the phone in the middle of me being online. Yeah. <laughs> There's just like a bunch of like bullet points yeah. and links on the left side. Yeah. Every year, somebody has a design contest to redesign Craigslist. Uh-huh. It's hilarious. Because any any redesign of Craigslist mm-hmm. that fundamentally changes how it looks, mm-hmm. like in one fell swoop. Craigslist is one of the last websites that just looks like like a website to me. I'm kind of fine with it. I'm fine with it. And you know, if if actually if you if you look at it five years ago and you look at it today, it's it's evolved considerably. Oh yeah, they've added features. Right. But they do it in very, very small little incremental steps yeah. that people don't notice that, you know, doesn't freak out their user base. Yep. Yep. And in fifty years, it's gonna look like a website from today. In fifty years they'll add a second color. Maybe maybe they'll get to web two point uh, I don't I thought we stopped saying that. I'll add that to the list. <laughs> Back to your talk. Well, d- were those all your words? Yeah, for now. I'll come, I'm going to come up with more. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, so that's where I was kind of at was actually and how it's not even just like it's, yeah, it's everything that that word is used for, which is it always kind of like you only say actually after somebody else has stated something. Right. You don't just say actually to start a thought. Right. It's it's somebody saying, I really like the new Taylor Swift album. And then a random person on Twitter saying, actually, I didn't think it was very good. It might as it, it might as they might as well say, fuck your opinion. Yeah. Actually, is just it's a synonym for for fuck, fuck your, your opinion. opinion. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> it's pronounced. Actually, there's just got to be, I mean, I'm trying to think of like, like what the good, like pure intention version, like, what is that? Like when, when somebody means really well, and maybe when their response is, is helpful, like, what is it? Is it, what, what is the best case? It's just a lazy word. It's a lazy, it's like literally. I'm even fine with literally. I think literally is fun. I think that I think that a little hyperbole didn't hurt no one. I think that that's just like a part of humans. Uh and it's and it literally is for fun. Actually is for uh, let me tell you how correct I am. You know you know what drives me nuts? What? Is when people use hmm in a tweet. 
<laughs> what hmm. about, hmm, actually? Hmm. Well, I, I bet we can find that. Yeah. Just do a search for, hmm, actually. We should make a movie called, hmm, actually. Anyway, sorry, that was a... There's a Christmas movie, like a British Christmas movie called Love Actually. Sorry. Obviously lost on you, Mike. No, I've seen it. Okay, fine. Hmm. Hmm. What else do you got? Uh, That's really it. That's really it. It's a bunch of like curmudgeonly complaints about people communicating incorrectly. How long is this talk? I don't know. Because you already talked about it for 30 minutes. Oh, that's good. But we talked about it. Well, I can go with you. <laughs> yeah, I should. We could just you. do a live episode. We should. Why don't we do that? Why don't we get to do live episodes at conferences? Does anybody want to have us speak at their conference? A live episode of Let's Make Mistakes? Yeah. Think about it. All right. This is the part where there's like a dream sequence. If we were a television show. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Sounds great, doesn't it? And and now we're we're sitting on a beach in Hawaii with microphones mm-hmm. and people sitting on the sand in front of us. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, yeah. So that's that's just kind of well. What's actually, around my head. it's pronounced Hawaii. Actually, see, at least like it. No, it doesn't make it doesn't make it better. But that one is different in that that is like a factual uh, correction, which I also hate. On Twitter, because it's like, you know what? I'm on my iPhone typing 140 characters. Go away, actually. Hmm. Um, but it's like, it's the opinion corrections. And it's, it's this so, happens so frequently when actually, I talk about Actually, the new something. Taylor Swift album is very good. Thank you. <laughs> this happens all the time when I like, when I tweet about something that I, that I like. Like the Sonos logo treatment, or so you were talking about that before we started recording, and I hadn't heard anything about it. Oh yeah, there's just Sonos did like this fun logo treatment. There's a bunch of lines, and then when you scroll up and down, it looks like little like sound waves coming out of the logo. Yeah, that's fun. It's fun. It's just silly fun. And then there were a bunch of designers that were just saying, "It doesn't look good." Whoa gimmicky i hate fun i'm a designer well we've established that designers are terrible yeah that's what the show is about right yeah basically oh i had uh sorry to already change the subject away from the sonos logo but i had another topic that i was thinking about okay but i don't know how to do it what is it um it would be a little bit about what I've learned from working with difficult people. Me? You think really? You think it's about you, Real, Mike? I do. I most things are. How would you feel if that if it were about you? I would be. Uh, I would be flattered. <laughs> I figured. Yeah. I figured most of the people I would actually be referencing might be a little bit flattered. You well, actually. <laughs> Knowing some of the people who you've worked with, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily think it was about me. Yeah. But what if it were about you, actually? That's fine. <laughs> okay. So you want to talk about what it's like to work with difficult people. And actually, <clears throat> I don't know if there's maybe a better word for it, because I've also... I, I, 
I what would... makes somebody difficult to work with? Well, here's another angle of it, which is like what I've learned from working with talented people, because I see a great overlap in that. Is that your uh, dog at Mike Montero? That's my dog barking his little whore mouth. Uh, anyway, also what it's like working with talented people. I've worked with very talented people. Oh, see. But I don't really like that word, talented. No, um, no, that's, that's, that's part of that destructive creative myth. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out like, what is That if you're talented, with? you get to be an asshole. I don't like that. I don't, I don't, too many people have bought into that. Yeah. And part, and part of that is, is the, you know, the Steve Jobs fetishism. Ugh, don't even get me started. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm, again, these are all just like really loose ideas. I'm kind of just workshopping them, talking to people about them. Uh, and I don't, the reason that I haven't really gone further with that is because I don't like what it's called. I don't really like saying difficult people because that's not really what I mean. And talented people is not what I mean, but it's somewhere like in between those or somewhere in that realm of label well that's why i was asking what makes them difficult because maybe that would come up with a new way to reference them yeah and i think that maybe what i mean is maybe complicated <clears throat> because difficult or... is subjective yeah exactly and so I think what are I mean the is... objective traits i'm sorry i keep interrupting oh, it's okay you, but what are the objective traits that you're translating into the subjective difficult i think that um some of the people that i've worked with that are very good at what they do are good because they have developed a specific way of working for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always fit well with other people, even other people of like the same level of experience and background and skill as them. And so that's why like difficult is not what I mean. Talented is not what I mean. Um, but, but like I, I, yeah, I don't I don't really know, but but that's kind of what I'm talking about is like people who are like so uh refined at their craft that um kind of what makes them great at what they do also makes them hard to work with. Try this one on for size. Okay. Set. Set. Set people. Yeah. That's exactly Cuz what you're what you're describing is people who have gotten very good at working a certain way. Yeah. I've had this happen. Mm -hmm. um, they know how to do their thing mm -hmm. in a particular environment. And then they get put into an environment that's very different. Mm -hmm. And they don't know how to do, they don't know how to do that thing anymore in that environment. Yeah. And honestly, like with those people changing the way that they work, isn't necessarily going to get you what you want. Cause you want the great work that they're able to do, but it's more about what's kind of difficult is like figuring out how to structure around them without that makes it seem a little bit too much like let them do what they want and work around them. But I mean, like, I don't know. Well, it's also something that people need to self-identify as well. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I figured out early on is that I am terrible at being an employee. Mm -hmm. I just suck at it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I made, all of my boss's lives miserable. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I had to stop being an employee. Mm -hmm. I had to, you know, start a company where I could kind of 
you know, make the rules about how things were, mm-hmm. and then hire people who 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 I felt could work within that. Yep, and um, that's been very successful. Yeah, so far, so far, so good. <laughs> um, but I and, and I think at this point, if I were to if I were put back into an employee situation, I'd probably be like fifty times as bad as I was before. Do you think so? Maybe. I don't know. I also, I mean, I also grew up. I think that, because I just transitioned from being my own boss to being an employee, and I think that I am a way better employee than I was It's That's before. true. You do, I mean, one, <laughs> I mean, I, when I was an employee, I would have never had any empathy for the people I worked for. Yeah. It's that I have empathy, and I just, I know what makes an employer like happy about an employee. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, about a year into having my own employees, mm-hmm. I wanted to write all of my former bosses apology notes. Yeah. Like now I understand what a total asshole I was. Yeah. I don't think I was an asshole. I mean, I worked for you. No, you were fine. Yeah, I just think, I think that maybe I'm more confident as an employee now. Um in the kind of influence that I can have and how to talk to bosses about it. That does not sound whiny. Because having, having been in charge, you know what a person who's in charge needs to hear. Needs to hear and like has to deal with already. So like I'm able to be sensitive to that kind of stuff, um, but get my agenda in, in an efficient way. And yeah, so I'm a better employee for it. I'm probably like worse in some other ways. Like, my work hours. I don't know that I will ever be able to go back to like superset work hours. So you're working remotely now, right? I'm working remotely. So Black Pixel is located in, in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. And you're here mm-hmm. and you're staying here. Yeah. I imagine you, you go up there every once in a while. Yeah. I've gone up there once so far, but I'll go up there more. How How's that, how's that working out? Like, do you... Are you in regular contact with them? Yeah, there's like a morning, like a stand-up uh-huh. meeting every morning. So everybody like dials in, which is crazy. It's this 15-minute call where like 70 people say what they're doing, which on one hand, sorry to talk about your company, Black Pixel. It's good. Trust me. We're Black. Uh- <laughs> so for the record, Black Pixel are friends of ours. Yeah. Yeah. So Mule and Black Pixel have always enjoyed a good relationship. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's run by good people. Mm-hmm. I, we know some of the employees over there, I mean, including you and uh, Tom Carmody. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we're like sister companies, the yeah. way I see that's, it. That's how I'd like to think of it as yeah. well. Um, we have the stand-up meeting where like everybody dials in and says what they're doing. And the first couple of days I was like, really? But it's it's kind of nice that like it's a thing that everybody at the company does because uh, there are so many people that live far away and even though like I don't get anything like directly uh, valuable like for my work day out of that I feel this greater sense of involvement in the company which is really nice mm-hmm. as a remote employee because you guys have like a morning meeting every day too yep and that's like that's something that definitely like when I was an employee before I never understood those meetings because I was like this is dumb I could be doing something else I don't care what anybody else is doing I'll just figure it out if I need to but it's so important because it's not necessarily like going to benefit everybody for their day of work but I think in like the long term it's really important for like a company's 
cohesion. Yeah, it is. And um, <clears throat> it also lets you know what other people around you are doing. Yeah, it's like accountability and and yeah, like understanding what other people are in for and yeah. and so I know that you know this this person over here is extremely busy today. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe not tell them jokes all day. Yeah, and this person over here might have half of her plate empty. Mm-hmm. So if I need help, I know that that I I should probably go to her first. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, it kind of I don't know not to get too like ethereal but it's like a very it's like a very good for your subconscious during the work day to just kind of have that in the back of your mind knowing that 75 percent of people are working on this one project that must be really intense right yeah. now also i mean we encourage people to you know to tell us during that morning like that morning meeting if you know they're stuck solving something difficult yeah like i all afternoon i wrestled with this thing yesterday i didn't get anywhere mm-hmm. oh well why don't you know after this why don't the 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 three of us go look at it together or, Oh, I struggled with that thing last week. I, let me show you what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and any, it also allows us to cut down on the amount of interruptions during the day. Mm-hmm. So if you've got like an issue that can be answered in like a yes or no, or that, you know, could be tackled in five minutes, it's done there. Mm-hmm. Even if that drags that meeting out longer. Mm-hmm. Because what we're, we're we're trying to get is the biggest amount of uninterrupted time yeah. that we can possibly get. Mm-hmm. So it's your time sausage or whatever. It's the time sausage. I only vaguely remember that from working here. I mean, I mean I've worked at places where it's it was like you know every you know fifteen minutes or every half hour. It's like, hey, I need to talk to you. Hey, I need to talk to you. Hey, I need to talk to you. And it's all stuff that can be handled. Like, you know, stuff like about scheduling and, you know, the client's looking for this and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it can all be handled in the morning. Yeah. You guys use Slack, right? Oh, yeah. Has that helped your daily communication stuff? Yeah, I think it really has. Yeah. It's kind of amazing how quickly we took to it, too. Mm -hmm. Well, because, like, I mean, for me... Uh, it's like instant messenger, which has, since I've been like in elementary school, been like a recreational activity for me. Mm -hmm. So it's real easy for me to be on Slack because I'm just chatting. Sure. It's just, it's like, oh, fun thing. Do you want to do this? It's like, it's like work Twitter or something. Yeah. But I mean, we were working on some branding the other day Mm -hmm. and there were a few of us, you know, kind of working up ideas. And we were all like tossing them on Slack mm-hmm. as we worked on them. Like all all this half baked stuff was just going up for everybody to see. And we were able to like give each other feedback like on the fly. Mm-hmm. There, it 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 kind of does away with the whole preciousness of secrecy. Yeah, because secrecy sucks. Yeah, in a design studio. Mm-hmm. Um, like. I don't want somebody going into a hole for eight hours and working by themselves because they go, you know, they go, they go down holes, they fall into traps, Mm -hmm. they chase, you know, they chase the rabbit Mm -hmm. for like four hours Yeah, and they end up and they end up. Are you you talking, you're talking about drugs, right? Yes. And you know, then the worst is when you go down this terrible rabbit hole 
and you manage to design your way out of it so you feel like you've succeeded. You're talking about acid, right? Yes. That's how you get out of a bad trip. You have to design your way out of it. Right. Well, no, you just take mushrooms. <laughs> to get out of an acid trip? Yeah. They're like, they cancel each Let's other out? Let's talk about it later. Okay. Uh, but but Slack is, has um, Slack has done away with that, mm-hmm. and I mean I don't. It's not just Slack. I mean Slack gives us the vehicle for doing that, yeah. but it's it's how we want to operate here. Mm-hmm. Like work for five minutes and then show everybody, mm-hmm. or you know ten or fifteen or whatever. There is a there was a chatting thing before Slack that we used to use called. Ooh, ooh, I don't remember, but Stripe bought them. Uh, but it was basically like Slack minus some of the design plus a um, like a checklist that was you it, can make. Was it hip chat? No, it was not hip chat. But I liked that. I liked the little check mark thing because it like the only thing you could tag was who it was assigned to. And that's all it was. It was just also just a little checklist that was in your chatting thing. Because I don't know if you guys use project management software like Asana or anything like that to like manage tasks. I always find them to be a little bit heavy, but having nothing is a little bit hard. Also, like, you know, having to email or chat people when like you need something from them. It's just really easy to be like, get me this proposal by the end of the day or something like that just so, one little right thing. so the the i mean what we use for project management mm-hmm. honestly is those morning meetings yeah when you know by the time you walk out of that you mm-hmm. should know what your goal is so we've got a grid on a whiteboard which mm-hmm. is very high tech that's got like all of the project names on it and a field for notes mm-hmm. and then it's got uh, field for today's goal, this week's goal, and then final deadline. Mm-hmm. So we always know what today, we always have a goal for today. Mm-hmm. And then we have a goal for where we want to be at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. And then we, we never want to let our eye off the final, the final deadline mm-hmm. for the project. So, by the time you walk out of that meeting, you should know what you need to accomplish that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. I like lean project management like that. I just find that like when you get into things like like the bigger tools, depending on what you're doing, of course, like I think development projects uh, that are like big can require some more of that because there is so much stuff going on. But for like a team like Mule – feel like if you guys were like in Asana or Pivotal or something like that, there would be like one person dedicated to just like updating it all the time. For all I know, my project manager uses all of that stuff, but I don't need to know it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I mean, we get we get paid to do client work. Mm-hmm. That's how we get judged. Mm-hmm. That's how we get paid. That's how we get more client work yeah. is by doing that stuff really well. Yeah. So there's a certain amount of infrastructure that we need in order to do that client work mm-hmm. on time and on budget yeah. and, and well. But when your job becomes about maintaining that infrastructure. Yeah. Then you're not doing the client then, work anymore. Then you're not doing the client work. Yeah. 
It's truth. So, I mean, I cannot stand like dealing with like productivity tools Mm -hmm. and project management tools and like, why aren't you checking your email? Cause nobody's paying me to check email and I'm not getting, I'm not getting judged on how well I check email. What, uh, if you were getting judged on how well you check email, what do you think your score would be? F. 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 I mean, like, if it were, like, you know, like, the figure suit, like, out of ten, like, with the cards. One. That people hold up. They just hold up a one. I, so I scan my inbox. Mm-hmm. Look at all the new stuff that's come in. And just, like, scan up. And if something looks important or interesting, I'll open that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, and then I'm done. I've been, like, conditioned to just ignore any email subject lines that start with like something in brackets? Yes. <laughs> That's like brackets are like a sign for like do not read me. <laughs> That's what they might as well say. Do not read. But you know, last I checked, I've got something like 20,000 unread emails. I should just set up like a filter that like looks for brackets in a subject line and just archives them immediately. Well, I mean, it pisses me off that, you know, you know, something can come into my mailbox that I didn't ask for, and mm-hmm. the expectation is that I have to take an action on it. Like, even clicking and deleting it, it's Ugh. like, screw you. You haven't earned my time. That's why my inbox is at, let's see what it is at right now. I just have, and this is like personal, I just have 204 unread emails. 204. Like, that's so many. They're not important, though. No. Are they important? No. Let's see. Eventbrite picks, lift ride receipt, senator.leno at outreach.senate.ca.gov. You should get, you should look at that one. Actually. You should really look at that one. Credit alert for Mule Radio. Doubtful. Spotify. Kevin added new music. Who's Kevin? Handy support. <laughs> uh, YouTube. Somebody subscribe to me. I don't know. Yeah, there's just so many emails. Well, Mike, should we go read our emails right now? See, I just actually read one, and I wish I hadn't. Right. So now I'm not going to check it again for another few days. Yeah. Have have you ever, you know those people that have like the alert that pops up on their screen every time an email comes in? I don't have that. What? I I only get alerts for like important things. I hate Notification Center. I figure anybody who's got something important to Life tell me is so an email. much better it. before Notification Center. Notification Center. Center is a piece of shit. I just don't like it. I don't want Notification Center. Like, you know what my job is to do is to, like, t- stay in touch with everything. I'm going to do it at some point on my own time. I don't want this little thing being like, you got a work email. You got a work email. Hey, by the way, Jesse, I know that you're podcasting with Mike right now, but you got a work email. You know, avoidance is a strategy and it should be respected. Exactly. Sometimes you got to do it. It's like a mental health thing. Exactly. All right. We should get out of here. All right. Back to my sick bed with Detective Blueberry. Detective Blueberry, a boy or a girl? It's a girl. All right. 
She's a professional. You got little outfits for her yet? Not yet. See, because I'm picturing the two of you in matching outfits all the time. She has like a little rhinestone bow collar. See, I picture like Jesse's closet with the 500 dresses. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then under that, I picture Detective Blueberry's closet with the 500 identical dresses <laughs> in Detective Blueberry's size. Well, she's still a kitten, so I'm waiting for her to like get to her full size before I, I buy her clothes. You know what? I'm going to get Darth to Photoshop this. That's great. Okay. Does Darth listen to our podcast? He of course should, he does. Right? Yeah. How can um so how can our listeners who are looking for help contact us, Jesse? Well, they can email us at mistakes at muleradio.net. And we will answer their questions on the air. On the air live. or via email. Now if their questions come in the form of criticizing the way that my voice sounds, I will not answer them. Let's be fair. Both our voices sound like ass right now. What if they sound like amazing in the recording, though? They might. I doubt it. Yeah. But if you have any design or development-related request questions, uh, questions about about the business, or I don't know, questions about life, I guess that's okay. Cat, cat raising. Cat raising. Your dog's Instagram. It's not, it's not my dog's Instagram. All right, we will see everybody back here in a week. All right, goodbye, everybody.